Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the O Show podcast presented by FantasyJocks.com. Be a champ today. The Boston Red Sox doing the unthinkable and coming into Yankee Stadium, our house, our fans, and absolutely taking the effing life out of Yankee Stadium, coming in and taking both games and sending the Yankees home. Just bad baseball all around by the Yankees in these two games. They played like a high school team in Game 3, losing 16-1 to behind Brock Holt's first ever postseason cycle. And then they can't get anything going against Porcello. CC giving up three earned and three innings pitched, potentially his last start as a Yankee. God damn it, that's heartbreaking. Although, I might say it's not as heartbreaking as coming to within one win of the World Series like they did last year, though this team was supposed to win the World Series when Cash went out and got Stanton in December. What the hell? The Sox, Astros, Game 1 of the American League Championship Series going down Saturday night from Fenway Park in Boston. not all that bad. Like I said, a lot less heartbreaking than last year's ending in Game 7 of the ALCS after being up 3-2, but a postseason exit at the hands of the 2018 American League East champion Boston Red Sox will sting for a long time. Unless, of course, Brian Cashman goes all out this offseason and brings in the big names in free agency, guys like Manny Machado, who could now play shortstop for the Yankees if he wanted to, with Didi Gregorius likely out the entire 2019 season with Tommy John surgery and his throwing hand. Buster only of ESPN is telling people that the Yanks are going to be linked to Paul Goldschmidt all, all offseason. He's become available by the Arizona Diamondbacks. Another D-back who Cash probably could get is left-hander Brian, or, uh, Patrick Corbin who had a superb year in the NL West. And don't forget about Clayton Kershaw. He's likely to opt out of his deal with the Dodgers, although his postseason history might scare Cash away. He's been god-awful in the playoffs but has a Hall of Fame-type numbers in the regular season. The name of Bryce Harper is sure to be discussed within the Yankees' front office, but outfield depth isn't quite their biggest issue with Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, and Aaron Hicks. Would be nice to have a left-handed bat in that short porch and right, but who knows? A lot of Yankee free agents this winter, guys like Brett Gardner, who's been here forever, 11 years now, might have played his last game in the Bronx. CeCe Sabathia. Just got knee surgery. Doesn't look like he's going to be back in pinstripes next season, although he says he's not done. David Robertson, Zach Britton, key guys in that bullpen. A lot of questions to be addressed by Brian Cashman in the front office. One thing Brian Cashman did blatantly say, though, is that he's going to do his absolute best. He's going to try his absolute hardest to get Sonny Gray the hell out of town. 
I, for one, approve of this statement. Sonny Gray, very talented arm, very talented pitcher with the Oakland Athletics. Just couldn't live up to the expectations and pinstripes. Hopefully he does find it elsewhere. You never know. Remember when the Yankees let go of Nathan Avaldi and he found himself with the Red Sox and tossed seven innings of one-run ball in Game 3 of the ALDS last week? Too soon? With more on Brian Cashman trying to trade Sonny Gray this offseason, here's Brian Cashman from the end-of-year press conference that took place in New York a few days ago. You know, it hasn't you know worked out this far. I think he's extremely talented. I think he's, you know, I, I, I think that we'll enter the winter, unfortunately, open-minded to, um, to a relocation. Uh, probably... If we're, if I think to maximize his abilities, it would be more likely best somewhere else. But then it comes down to you know uh, the final decision of price, you know, in terms of trade acquisition and and matching up with somebody. If we match up, then I think yeah, it's probably best to to try this somewhere else. Uh, but if we don't match up, it's also best to to continue to to try. Why he's here, we're gonna do everything in our power to to. to you know, find a way to tap into his talent. We've been unable to do that now for a year and a half. So I think, uh, you know, I, I do think that if I do find a match somewhere for him at some point, then you're going to see what we hope to see here. But, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. And um, so we'll see. Just stay tuned. I mean, I got nothing cooking, but I will plan on doing some cooking if I can over time for his sake and for ours. Today's episode is number 20 and is entitled Off Season Sucks and is now available on Spotify and Podbean. Today's guest knows a lot about the Yankees. He's covered them for a few years now with his podcast, Talking Yanks, really being exposed on social media this season, known for giving his post-game thoughts from his home or at the stadium. He recently had Michael Kay on his show to talk about his most famous home run calls over the years, and uh, I really enjoy listening to his takes. Today's guest on the O Show podcast is Mr. Jimmy O'Brien. Two balls and a strike. Blown away. We will indeed talk Yankees, and I plan on asking him for his takes on the Didi Gregorius situation, if the Yankees should go after Manny Machado, or maybe go to the cheaper route and bring back Neil Walker to play second base, moving Glaber Torres over to shortstop. I'm curious as to what he thinks about the Bombers being linked to Paul Goldschmidt. That would be big news for both Luke Voigt and Greg Bird. What he thinks Brian Cashman's best bet is when it comes to the rotation, getting rid of Sonny Gray, possibly re-signing J.A. Happ, C.C. Sabathia, uh, Gardner, Robertson, Britton, a lot of Yankee free agents this offseason. I'm going to ask him how the Yankees could have avoided the Game 3 meltdown versus Boston, what Aaron Boone could have done, and I'm definitely going to ask him how he got in touch with Michael Kay, because that might intrigue me the most about uh, this upcoming podcast. So without further ado, please welcome the co-host of Talking Yanks and Lifetime Yankee Fanatic, Mr. Jimmy O'Brien. Good. Big fan of your guys' podcast with uh, Jake's story. You guys really, really did a good job this year. Well, thank you. That's awesome. 
awesome. <laughs> so let's dive right into it. It shouldn't be that long. I have a few questions for you about the season. The first being, of course, with how the ALDS turned out, lost to the Red Sox. Turns out Didi Gregorius uh, tore his UCL in his throwing hand. He's going to be out for the majority of 2019, and he's also a free agent after the season. So that begs the question, does Brian Cashman go out and get Manny Machado to play shortstop? I've always been a big fan of getting Machado regardless with Didi's injury. I want to know what your take is on the Yankees never ending having to go out and get a guy like Manny Machado who can play shortstop for them now. Yeah, I don't think, I think there shouldn't be a team that doesn't entertain the idea of Machado and throw money his way. He's a generational talent that can play two positions on the left left side of the infield. I haven't looked at the entire MLB, but I don't know how many people have locked down long-term sec, uh, third and short guys in their system. You know what I mean? Like, even if you have one, I just can't see many reasons for teams to not be interested in Machado. So I think the Yankees should definitely be interested in him. And then if you have to juggle something later on, juggle it. But especially with much with Didi out now and that shortstop spot open, I think it I think it made sense before to entertain the idea of trying to get Machado. I think it makes more sense now. Put him at short, put Anduar at third. Once Didi gets back, try to figure out how it works then. Do you have to slide Anduar? Is one of them not playing well? And they, I, I don't know how it would work out. And to, to try and figure it out now would be kind of lost cause or waste of time. But I think it's definitely worth going after Machado. The Yankees got under the luxury tax. They saved money. This this year, um, it was all planned for 2019 offseason to, to be able to make splashes. So if you're saving up for splashes and the guys are out there, I'm not sure. Um, I think any team would be crazy to not want Machado. Right, and... Of course, now with Didi out, it's easy to slide Machado into shortstop where he wants to play at the end of the day. And what I want to know, do you think that if they go after Machado this year, he plays short for the majority of the year, maybe moves over to third when Didi gets back late in the year, I don't know. Do you think the Yankees would want to re-sign Didi given how important he's been to the team over the past several years? Yeah, that's uh, very interesting because it's it's a big time uh, fan versus business pull, and how much does the business have to support the fan? Because Didi feels like a fabric of this team. He he was here for the transition, and he kind of embodies the transition from like the older Yankees to the new young core. Because he was there, he got booed. People cheered cheater in his face when he made errors. He had a really tough time, and now he's emerged as a leader. So he's been here. I think he's like in the fabric of Yankee fans. We love Didi. But the way the game is, young guys with big contracts is what is, uh, you know, valued the most. So from a business standpoint, I don't know if it makes sense to pay Didi $20 million to play shortstop when you'd be paying, you know, if Glaber slides over, he's basically free. And then you, you know what I mean? So I, I, I hope they extend Didi, they bring him back because I am a fan, but I do think that Didi's situation uh, when when he's up, especially coming up off injury now, is going to be very interesting. Uh, does the business side have to cater to the fan um, money-wise and clubhouse-wise? You know what I mean? It's, it's right. interesting. I mean, you can't not turn down a guy like Manny Machado, given how talented he is, and at the same time, everybody talks about Aaron Judge being 
like the biggest leader on the team, and they should. He probably is. But Didi Gregorius is also up there as one of their top leaders in that clubhouse. He was there during the years where you had McCann and Ellsbury and Beltron with the so-called rebuilding years, even though they weren't really rebuilding years. They were right back in it last year. But that's a big part, a big chunk of the heart of the Yankees that they'd be letting go. Um, ESPN's Buster Only keeps reporting that Paul Goldschmidt is out there. The Diamondbacks apparently are going on a fire sale, getting rid of all their top guys. Paul Goldschmidt has been linked to the Yankees since Yankees don't really have a clear um, option at first base, where, as I think, Luke Voigt really showed that he has the capability of becoming a big, young star for the Yankees. And I think out of spring training, he should get that opportunity to be their starting first baseman after the last two months he's put up. What's your take on the Yankees being linked to Paul Goldschmidt? I don't. I haven't looked into this that much. Um, he had, Goldie has a year left on his deal, right? So we'd get him for one year before he becomes a free agent. Right, so it'd be a rental. Yeah, it'd be a rental. Um, he's a righty, so it's another righty in the lineup, which... We have a lot of righties. Um, I don't know. I don't know what he'd be worth. I I don't know. I don't know how much the offense. You know, we need to focus on pitching a lot. And with Harper and Machado being the two big gets, uh, say that they don't land Machado, they don't land Harper, and they still want to do um, some upgrade. Maybe then Gold Goldie's the turn. Like, okay, let's go get him for a year. But if they land one of Harper or one of Machado, I think they might say, okay, we're good, let's go fix our rotation with everything else, with all our trade chips and all our money, instead of using a trade chip on uh, Goldie. That's my thinking, but I mean, I'm wrong just as much as I'm right. (laughs) No, definitely, they should definitely go after pitching more. I mean, you saw it in the ALDS, they just could not contend after the Red Sox just started bashing, especially in Game 3, but that begs the question. You said a lot. They have a lot of right-handed bats in the lineup: Judge, Giancarlo, and Duhar, Torres. If they added Goldschmidt, do you go out and get a guy like Bryce Harper, given that he's a lefty with a short porch in right field, and also given how he's probably going to commend a three hundred million dollar deal? Yeah, I think Harper makes more sense than Machado for the Yankees. He's a lefty. He can go in between all those all our righties. We have the short porch. He he can play left field, which you know will be open um, if they pass on Guardy, which you would pass on Guardy or bring him back as a bench player um, if you land Harper. So I think Harper makes sense. Uh, the lefty part and all that, but the money-wise, I don't know how they're going to have to configure it because I got to believe that they're going to want to be. Under the tax, so the luxury tax is every three years, so they're under right now. So the next two years they can go over. I don't know if they're going to do the contract so that they are under again in three years, or will they, you know, if you're over on the third year, you pay 50%. Are they willing to pay that one time if that means they have Manny and Harper for the next six years? Uh, we'll have to see. It'll be interesting. I don't know how they're going to figure money, but I mean, I know that. Some people get annoyed by this, but not my money. Uh, go go spend and get the guys. <laughs> I don't care. All right. Well, especially 
back then when they got like CC Burnett to share they didn't really have a farm system so they kind of had no choice to go out and sign all those big guys and go over the luxury tax as where now all of these guys is probably the biggest free agent list in history and you got one of the best farm systems in baseball too so yeah, it'll and you have the, the, the MLB talent is on their rookie contracts I mean judge Gary Severino Glaber and Hart, they're all still haven't gotten their first payday uh, which is what Didi's coming up on and why that question uh, is is kind of interesting. But the, so the Yankees are set up perfect right now. They have a bunch of rookies at, at their core that they're not paying a ton of money. They have a bunch of prospects that are just as good as cash for trade pieces. Then they have a ton of cash to go get these veterans and sprinkle in. I mean, this should be a very successful and a very big offseason for the Yankees. And I think they, they've been planning it since they started the rebuild in 2016, really when they lost in 2015 in the wild card. I think 2019-2020 were the we're going to contend years because they had no idea the rebuild was going to work in 2017 and 2018. And it's why we've seen them be much more big on shedding contracts, trading Warren for nothing, trading um, Headley for nothing, and trading Castro as part of the deal. They've been much bigger on sh- uh, shedding contracts than they have been on adding the players and the free agents that we were hoping they would to help this 2018 team. And I think that's because 2019 has always been the uh, main agenda. Right, and it'll definitely be interesting to see. You talked a little bit about pitching there's some interesting, big, some big names, some kind of guys that Brian Cashman and the Yankees front office likes. What do you think about uh, Patrick Corbin from the Diamondbacks? I think it makes too much sense, right? There's sometimes where JD to Boston last year. Um, there's some moves that just make so much sense, and I think Corbin to the Yankees feels like one of those. Obviously, I have a very big. Yankee bias, so I wonder if there's a Diamondbacks fan that's like, no, the obvious move is he's going here. It's like, well, okay. But to me, it seems obvious. It seems like it's likely to happen. Lefty pitcher, young guy, youngish guy um, from the area. Not that that matters. On R2C2 um, podcast, CC Sabathia said that pitching in your hometown or playing for your hometown is actually worse. So hopefully that doesn't hurt. But I think it makes sense uh, for the Yankees to go after him, and I think it makes sense for him to come here. So uh, I, I like that. I go to school out here in Arizona. I work for the Diamondbacks in ticket sales over the summer, so I got to see most of his starts at Chase Field. The guy's fucking awesome. I, I, I'm a big supporter of uh, Patrick Corbin. He was lights out. I mean, the NL West is a totally different jungle compared to the AL East, of course, when you got the Red Sox and the up-and-coming Rays. But I... I'm for sure going to jump on that Patrick Corbin train if Brian Cashman wants to go get him. Next question. Yeah, so what's, uh, go what's ahead. What's the uh, news out in Arizona? Is, are, are there other teams? Are there big interests? Does it seem like Yankees is a move for you, for people out there as well? Oh, it obviously seems like the biggest, like the biggest uh, choice for him right now, the best choice. Fits too perfectly. The Diamondbacks don't seem like they, they're going to re-sign anybody. I mean, we talked about they're going to get rid of Goldschmidt. Pollock's a free agent. I think they're just cleaning the house right now, which I don't know why. They, they Everyone, Everyone's eager to lose in the MLB. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, 
Is it the end for Brett Gardner in the Bronx? We talked a little bit about um, Aaron Judge and Didi Gregorius being leaders in that locker room. Brett Gardner's been there forever, about 11, 12 years now. Do you think the Yankees go out and re-sign him on a one-year deal, or do you think his time in the Bronx is up? So, oops, sorry, being loud. So, Brett Gardner has an option, uh, a team option for 2019. I think it's $10 million for the year. Uh, what I think would happen, I don't think the Yankees are going to pick up that option because I, Brett Gardner's getting older. Uh, some people act like he's really old. He's like 34. He's not 38. But he's getting older. He's coming off his worst full season as a professional. Um, he, the leadership's good. The defense is good. But I don't know if he's worth $10 million for one year as a potential bench fourth outfielder what they may do is deny the option and then try to sign him for less but you take the big gamble that other teams are going to give him 10 but if it's anything like the free agent market we saw last year it doesn't really look good for Gardner because anyone over 32 um, had to do you know what Neil Walker had to do and get signed really late and have a really late spring training and then have that affect your season uh, I hope it's not the end I like Brett Gardner I, I in these last I never was a big Brett Gardner fan but in these last couple of years I don't think it'd be hard to not appreciate what he does for the clubhouse and for the guys and for just the tenacity he brings every day on the field but offensively he didn't have a great year um, I'd like to see him come back for less money lesser than the option and uh, in a more limited role at fourth outfielder. Right, because it's tough. He's been a leader in that locker room forever, but at the same time, you got Bryce Harper on the free agent market. You got, you got guys like Clint Frazier and Estevan Floriel in the farm system, and I don't, yes. I don't think you want to salvage those guys for Brett Gardner. At the same time, yeah. big piece of that locker room. Um, my next question is, last week, of course, Game 3 of the ALDS, 16-1 to loss. I believe you were there. Um, just gut-wrenching, sick-to-my-stomach type of game. What do you think could have prevented a Game 3 meltdown versus the Red Sox? I mean, I know Aaron Boone made a lot of questionable calls. Yeah, I mean, at this point, Boone has admitted he made a mistake. Hal Steinbrenner said that Boone made a mistake. Um yeah, it was, I mean, Severino finishing the third, coming out for the fourth, it was a terrible decision because, you know, then he he loads the bases and then you bring in our last bullpen, our second to last bullpen option in Lance Lynn to try and clean up that mess versus the Sox 1-2-3 hitters. It's, it's, it's so troubling to think about, like, what a dumb, what a dumb, dumb decision and move that was. It's insane. I mean, I remember saying this at the time and I, I forgot all about it and now it's here it is the guy's just so stupid just the dumbest managerial decision I've seen and uh, but then again the offense didn't do anything Evaldi shut him down completely in that game he was he was given the ability to just throw strikes and attack with such a big lead uh, once it got to 10 nothing, I, I don't care about the next six runs they got what they got two of them off Romine and a bunch off Tarpley or but I think uh, yeah it was mismanaged it's mismanaged but then again we have starters that can't go three innings so it was mismanaged but I, I don't think 
I, I sadly don't think the Yankees were winning that series, whether Boone managed those last two games perfectly or not. The offense went dormant, no home runs at home, and the starters couldn't go three innings. So, yeah, what do you expect? I mean, I was absolutely shocked. Like, that was the worst-case scenario that could have possibly happened. The Red Sox coming in 1-1 series at Yankee Stadium, rocking crowd, and they just lose both games. I, I did not see that playing out at all. I, I mean, I could have seen a Game 5 and losing in Game 5 at Fenway. I didn't see them taking both games at Yankee Stadium. Nope. And it kind of sucks because they have two pitchers in Evaldi and uh, Porcello who just completely shut the Yankees down. For some reason, Porcello's a good pitcher. Evaldi's, I mean, he has good stuff, he, He's but he just shuts the Yankees down. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, hats off to Boston. They, I mean, they have good, a good team. Their bullpen's not good. Their bottom of their lineup's not good. But they have a really good team. They won 108 games. It stings. It sucks. Because I, I, when we when we won one on the road, I was I was kind of happy. I mean, I was I was pretty confident we would win one at home. I didn't think it would be embarrassing as it was. But we didn't couldn't we didn't have any pitchers that could pitch. So you know, go, we need to go get some pitchers. I mean. Those two games, heartbreaking as they were, they won one in Fenway. I actually flew to Boston to visit my sister in college. I went to those two games at Fenway, and you were saying on your podcast how it was kind of oddly quiet at Fenway, and it was in person. Like, I mean, every two-strike pitch, of course, people got out of their seats and cheered, but other than that, nobody really gave a crap. So, very disappointing. Go ahead. weird. Oh, yeah. I feel like you can't say it because everyone thinks you're just shit-talking. And I wanted to ask like my Red Sox friends, like, hey, why was it quiet? Was it TV? They can't do it because it's shit talking and they get all defensive and stuff and can't answer honestly. It's like, I just want to know. It's weird. Right. So, a lot of, like we said, a lot of people on the free agent market, Harper, Machado, guys like Kershaw, Corbin, a lot of Yankees on the free agent um, list as well. Guys like CeCe and Gardner, guys like you don't, you love them, but at the same time, you might have to see him go. I have a list here of guys to re-sign and don't re-sign. Just give me your honest opinion. The first one is Andrew McCutcheon. Are we doing if I want them to, or are we doing if I think they will? Um, if you think they will. Actually, do if you think they will and if you would. Okay. Alright. Um, Kutch, no and no. I don't think they will, and, and I don't really... It's not on my priority list. That would be if, like, plans one, two, and three don't don't go through. Right. There was a – I don't know what source it was popped up on my phone saying that they were actually interested in giving him an extension in September. And I wasn't really all for it because I know he's probably going to get a decent-sized contract with someone else. Um, the next guy on that list is a key part of that bullpen, David Robertson. I want him back, and I think he'll be back. He just fired his agent and publicly said he wants to come back. Just needs to make sure it works. Oh, man. Yeah. d ERA looks good because d ERA never looks great because bullpen ERAs are so fickle and not trustworthy of a stat because he can go, like, you know, five games striking out everyone and then one game where he gives up a three-run home run. Now the ERA is bad, but it's five good outings and one bad, and he does get beat for some some home runs, but I, oh, on the season, his, his, his season was really good, and he's mixing up his pitches, he's getting to be like a little crafty old guy now, he used to just be over the top, 
fastball that poured in on you, and then his nasty uh, 12 to 6 curveball. Now he's going sidearm with a two seamer and a cutter, and he's mixing it up a little bit, um, which I'd love to watch him develop as he continues. I like Dave, I like Dave Robertson. So another big part of that bullpen, along with David Robertson, we'll see how much money he commends and how many years, but uh, Zach Britton, the left-hander. I want him to come back. I don't think he will because I think he's going to command a lot of money, and I think everyone wants their swingman in the bullpen, you know? Like, everyone wants what Andrew Miller was in 2016 and what... um, uh, you know, like they want that, that what hater is right now for the Brewers. And I think that's kind of the way the baseball's going. And you, you bullpens are huge. I think a guy like Zach Brady will get a ton of money, right? That's, that's my feeling on it. Right. You just mentioned Andrew Miller. He's not on the list, but it sparked something in my brain. Do you think the Yankees would be interested at all in a reunion with Andrew Miller for the right price? Right, that's a big scare. He he hasn't been the same. Um, The Yankees have such a good bullpen that they could, if they could get him for cheap, to where you know he's somewhat excess, which is crazy to even think about. Then, um, then yeah, I'm hesitant to want Miller. Um, I guess I would want Miller if they signed him, but I don't think they will. I don't. I think that's kind of risky. Yeah, um, we talked about Brett Gardner a little bit. What about Neil Walker? I mean, he came up late in spring training, had a rough beginning, but really caught fire there at the end and was one of the Yankees' key players off the bench. Man, I feel like Neil might not get signed till late in the year, in the season again. It would be really nice, uh, this is a secondary thought, but it's really nice if the Yankees get all their, all their spending and splurging done right away. Just tell everyone they want, we want you, Blah, 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 you know, right away. But Neil might be, you know, just the same way I said about Kutch, but he, he, a couple guys down. Like, you know, Machado doesn't work out and all this. Then, then bring Neil back. Um, I wonder if he's going to have the same situation happen to him as in last year where he gets, like, a short spring training. I hope not because that sucks for those guys. I'd bring Neil back, and I'm going to say maybe they do. Um, I'm, I'm pretty split 50-50 if I think they do or they don't. But I, I, I wouldn't mind if they brought him back. Yeah, I'm a big Neil Walker guy. I mean, there's an option where you could re-sign Neil Walker, put him at second, and move Glaber over to short if you don't go out and get a Manny Machado. Well, mm-hmm. We'll yeah. see about that. Um, the last two people on this list, two key factors to their postseason run, the first being, of course, J.A. Happ, who was 7-0 and in the regular season, but... Of course, everybody's going to remember that ALDS game, one start in Fenway, where he didn't make it out of the second or the third inning. Yeah, bring Hat back. He's he's. I would like to bring Hat back. We only have two starting pitchers. We only have Severino and Tanaka right now going into 2019. Two. I mean, Sevy's dog's been crazy. kind of a question mark too. Uh, so we need pitchers. So go get Corbin, bring Hat back, and then I don't know. Get another one too. Yeah, I don't think Hap's going to command that much money either. I mean, he's going to be thirty-five, I think. So yeah, that that much like he liked. He seemed like he liked here. Oh, I forgot how much that Zach Britton liked being a Yankee because they took care of the family and the kids and all that. All right. Um, he said 
He said that you know the Yankees had a daycare and they didn't charge for the wives' suite. And in Baltimore, they didn't have a daycare and they charged for the wives' suite. Like he liked all that stuff, so maybe Zach Green will want to come back. Yeah, a lot, a lot of questions to be answered on the free agent market for Brian Cashman. The last one on this list is he's been with the Yankees for over a decade, did not have it in game four of the Yankees elimination game. CC Sabathia just had knee surgery, so I'm a little optimistic about this one. What's your take on CC Sabathia? Um, I don't think he's going to come back. Um, and that sucks. And I don't know if I want him to come back. And that sucks too, because I want to want him back. His stats are good this year, but I mean, on the his stats are good, but I wouldn't say it was a good season just from remembering starts and all that. The stats are good, but he, and we say like you know he gives you five innings, one earned run, or something like that, twice through the lineup. And that's good for your five, but I kind of want higher standards than that. Like we need pitching so bad. Um, the clubhouse changes. He is a leader. So if they bring him back, I'd be happy because I love CC. He's one of my favorite Yankees. But another knee surgery, I don't know. I don't know. That's, I'm like, like tug of war with my own heart if I, if I think they should or not. Oh, yeah, I know. Especially yeah, Sabathian Gardner. I mean, Judge is your quote-unquote leader right now, but he's only – going to be three years in at this point you got guys like cc and gardner who have been with the club for over a decade they have more experience great clubhouse guys as opposed to just the baseball aspect of it so it's going to be tough um so with that being said you bring hat back you sign patrick corbin with clayton kershaw opting out of his contract which I, apparently he already said he's going to do at the end of the year would you go out of your way to get a guy like clayton kershaw for the right price given his postseason failures? I wouldn't, but I can't tell you why. I know he's like the best pitcher we've ever seen. And he's he's still very, very, very good. But I just, that doesn't appeal to me. And I, I don't know why. Maybe I'll have to look into it and find out why. It could be the postseason stuff. could be because it's just kind of spoiled around Yankees fans to think you're going to go get Machado, Harper, Kershaw, so I have to draw the line somewhere. Um, but... For now, it's not even not, not, not even really in my brain about Kershaw. Yeah, I mean, his postseason enough scares me to the point where even he's going to be 33 and he's probably going to commend another $200 million deal. So I would be out on Clayton Kershaw. Here's, here's my next list. It's a trade bait list because the Yankees have such deep depth. You saw them get rid of guys like Tyler Austin over the summer because they're just so in-depth in their minor league system. They got rid of Brandon Drury for Hap. Uh, so I have a list of five guys here who you trade or wouldn't trade, and do you think the Yankees would trade them? The first being, of course, first baseman Greg Bird. No, I wouldn't trade him because his value is so low when his ceiling is so high. Um, so you, the risk that you don't get anything worthwhile back but then you go watch him be a star somewhere else is really high. It's kind of like, you know, the Twins remembering the J.R. Murphy for Hicks trade. That's what it would be like if we traded Bird. It would be like, you know, the so I'm not, and he's costing the Yankees nothing. He's on a rookie contract and he has options. 
the Yankees can stash him in AAA next year until he gets hot, if he ever gets hot. Or if he gets hot in AAA, then they can try and trade him at a higher value. I think moving him now, um, that's just not smart business. Cashman rarely sells low on players. Right. Like you said, I'd probably trade Greg Bird, but maybe later on in the season if he catches fire in AAA because – I just don't think he's ever lived up to any of the expectations in New York. Like, 2017, he was penciled in for 30-90, and he played under 30 games during the year, and then he got hot during the playoffs last year as one of their hottest hitters, and then he just didn't show up in 2018. So we'll see. I will defend him in 2017. They made him play on a broken bone for 30 games, and then they, then they made him sit around – and try to rehab for 30 more days before they figured out he had a broken bone. The entire um, the entire medical staff was pretty inept. They they didn't find a broken bone. It, if he had had the surgery, once he had the surgery in 2017, he was back in five weeks. He had one of the best Septembers of a Yankee in 2017, then a good postseason. So while his 2018 is indefensible, I will defend 2017. He got fucked that year. Right. What do you think about Luke Voigt? People. He's got, he's got like seven years. That dude, God bless him. If he, if he ever becomes like a free agent, he's going to be like 35 years old and then probably not get any offers. So weird to say it. He's like never going to make millions, even if he pans out for the next five years as a stud. Isn't that weird? Oh, that's insanely weird. And I was, because he's 29 years, 29, he could be 29 years old next season and still have six years of, like, arbitration. Now, he could earn a ton of money in arbitration, actually, like, you know, a couple, $10 million a year. But, but yeah, he's never going to have, like, a huge payday because by the time he gets there, if he's there and still playing, he's going to be 34, 35 years old. That's crazy. But keep point. Don't trade him. Keep him. But, again, that would be a cash move. That would be trading someone at his highest, whose ceiling is also, you know, is his, who is playing at his ceiling right now. That would be a cash trade. So I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be a little upset because I want Void back. Right, and of course he had a phenomenal two months down the stretch, and you know, you don't know what his rock bottom would be because he was just so hot in August and September. And eh. I mean, you got a take on that? Uh, I, we don't know yet. I mean, he, he the numbers that he's doing right now were the same that he did in the minor leagues. He was just blocked. The Cardinals just never brought him up because they had Adams and, I don't know, was Carpenter, whoever was blocking him. So he was a complete hitter for two months. He took his walks. He battled really good pitchers. He hit home runs. He hit singles. He was, for two months down the stretch, he was a complete hitter and, like, really professional, really good. So we have no idea if that was a fluke or not, if that was running on adrenaline, if he could do it for a full season. Um, if we get help in the outfield and, you know, in the infield, then I don't think we need to upgrade first and we can see what Voigt can do next year. Right, yeah, I'm all about seeing what Luke Voigt is capable of during an entire season as opposed to going out and trading maybe a prospect or two for Paul Goldschmidt. I just don't think that makes sense at all to me. The third person on this list is probably one of my favorite Yankee prospects, but has always had that injury bug in Clint Frazier. 
trade Clinton in an instant. I don't think anyone will take him. You don't think um, anybody would take him? I think his value is super low. I mean, concussions are scary. Um, I don't know, man. I think Clinton is more of a distraction than a player at this point. I feel bad for him because he did everything right this year. When he was healthy, he was blocked. When he was hurt, he could have been with the team. I think they're really worried about this concussion stuff. You can't mess around with it. I think the Yankees are going into 2019 with with Clint as excess, not even in the plans. Um, I have no idea what the future holds for him. I think uh, I think he'd be much better off in a different organization. I think I think uh, if he was with the Indians, he would be in their outfield, and he'd be long, crazy red hair, fiery personality with saying quotes all the time that are kind of cocky, kind of um, confident in a way. And I think I think the Yankees and him don't gel away that much. We've seen him get into trouble a couple times and insert himself into headlines that most Yankee players don't. Right, he came into the Yankees with that cocky attitude. The Yankees kind of tried to change him. Joe Girardi, I think, tried to change him during spring training last year. Uh, but, yeah, the injury bug's just been with him since he's been called up. Um, yeah, when he got called up, the AAA coach, his one piece of advice for him was be a good teammate. Jeez. It's kind of telling. Um, I don't know. I feel bad for Clint because he got, like, really, really rough end of the straw. Uh, this year, but I'm I'm like an old curmudgeon. Some he just bothers me for some reason. <laughs> I, I, I hope if he, if he makes it and becomes the Yankee and is a stud, I'll happily eat my words and, and root for him as hard as anyone. But he's like I don't know. Um, <laughs> what about Estevan Floreal? Given the Yankees' outfield depth, uh, no, I wouldn't trade him yet unless they see him. Unless they see him uh, stock plump, starting to plummet in some analytics or whatever, because he's not even at Triple A yet. I think I think he was at Double A or Single A last year, and then Double A. He looks like a pot, potentially a five tool player. I think I wouldn't trade him. I mean, we're going to need some some people, and Hicks isn't going to be around. I think Hicks is coming on to his last year in 2019. So if Florio can try and take the leap in 2020. I still, I still think that's a fast pace for him, but we'll see. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade uh, Florio. I think he should be on Cashman's no trade list. Now the Yankees obviously need pitching depth. They only got, like you said, Severino and Tanaka, and you got two guys in the bullpen. What about uh, Justice Sheffield and Chance Adams? I don't think Chance Adams. Um, maybe he'll be a, a bullpen guy. Maybe like one of these Swiss Army outgetters. I don't see him having that big of a future as a starting pitcher. Um, Sheffield does, but I think he'll start in AAA. I think he needs a lot more seasoning, uh, and then he'll come up uh, maybe next year. I think he'll start in AAA next year, Justice, which a lot of people are going to be upset about, but I see him starting in AAA. Okay. So down to my final two questions for you. Me and my brother were talking a little bit on our last episode about the Red Sox and Astros series, and I'm, I said the Astros in six, and he told me the Red Sox in seven, and like the inner Yankee fan in me was just like, why the fuck would you say that? Um, but he did, he did bring up a decent point that's kind of been sitting in my brain for the 
past couple days, he said that if the Red Sox go deeper and deeper into the postseason, there's a stronger result in that they might have that 2019 hangover season like many World Series teams have in the past, which would be much better for the Yankees as opposed to dealing with the 108 team that they had this year. What's your take on the Red Sox moving deeper into the postseason and if that helps the Yankees next year? Well, to counter the hangover theory, the Astros are doing it right now. So they won last year. But I uh, I think the Astros are a more complete team. Obviously, I think you're not saying anything. The Red Sox have such a good top of the order, though. So good. If they can get runs out early, if they can get to pitchers, uh, it'll be interesting. Their bullpen is odd. They're throwing Purcell out of the bullpen. It's your sale out of the bullpen. They're going to do that. The Astros did that last year. They're the first team to really do that, and Cora was a manager of there, so he knows that it works. I think it'll be good. I think it'll definitely go six or seven. We're at two and two to one right now, or one and one. One one, yeah. Mm. I'll get. I'll go Astros in, in six. Okay. Yeah. So my my big thing about that was the Red Sox bullpen during that Yankee series. Both games at Fenway was horrendous. I mean, Ryan Brazier and Matt Barnes, they got a little better as the series went on. They've been decent so far in the series against the Astros. But if the Red Sox keep using their starting rotation like they've used Porcello in the bullpen, and I think sooner or later you got to put Price in the bullpen because he has not been good at all, I think that starting rotation easily burns out and they might not be as good next year. I mean, you saw it with Araldis Chapman in 2016 with the Cubs coming back to the Yankees. Last year, I mean, he was the sixth inning man in August last year. And uh, you saw a little bit with David Robertson at the beginning of this year. Yeah. One way to look at it, Yankees are already resting. We're already on to 2019. We got a head start. Red Sox got to play some games still. (laughs) Oh, man. So, last question before I let you go. Um, I'm a big aspiring sports broadcasting major. Want to get into broadcasting. Noticed or I saw episode 153, I think it was, on Talking Yanks. You had Michael Kay on the show. You talked about how he got into his broadcasting, how ever since he was nine years old, he wanted to be the broadcaster for the New York Yankees. Uh, talked about his Twitter and all that fun stuff. I really want to know the question because i got to ask, how the hell did you manage to get Michael Kay on your podcast? <laughs> he reached out to me, um, which is awesome. We had, a, we had a crazy year with talking Yanks and doing this stuff. It's the first time I ever did it. I didn't go to broadcasting school or anything. Maybe I should have. Uh, but, yeah, we were. I, I tweet every game. Um, I don't know how I got on his radar, but he reached out to me, said he, he liked what I was doing, said it was you know funny and, and, and smart and all that. And then I saw him in Oakland, said hi, and then later on I asked if you would join us in the Nice enough to say yes. So, That's awesome, man. I don't, I don't really know either. <laughs> yeah, you guys, okay. you and Jay continue to do a great job on Talking Yanks. Big follower, big subscriber. Thanks for being kind enough to join my show today, talk some Yankees, and I wish you the best of luck. All right, anytime, man. 
All right, that was Jimmy O'Brien from Talking Yanks Podcast. Uh, it was kind enough for him to come on the show to talk a little bit about Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, who the Yankees should re-sign and don't re-sign, who they should trade and not trade. Um, his take on the LDS Game 3 meltdown against the Sox, what Aaron Boone should have done as opposed to what he did do, which was bring in Lance Lynn. I, I don't think he should have brought in Lance Lynn. I mean, you had David Robertson, you had Dylan Batances, who's been on fire all postseason, but it's whatever, it's whatever. Episode 21 coming up later in the week with Declan and Mikey B. Um, this is episode 20, Offseason Sucks. You can go check it out now on Spotify and newly now on YouTube. So go subscribe. For right now, though, hit it, Darius. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.